Welcome to Cancelled. Here we are. We're at about the halfway point, I, I guess. The yeah. 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 The 11, I think, is the halfway point. There's yeah, 22, that right? right? I'm guessing. Uh, That's... Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Kath Barbador is here. Say hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. We just talked uh, about how I, I might be sick. Something's up. Don't know what. <laughs> Could be illness. Could just be in a weird mood. But uh, yeah, for sure, it could just be you're a woman. It yeah, it could just be hormones. That's yeah. the best thing to blame it on. I like that. Yeah, or sure. I'm a woman, so it might just be astrology. Like my <laughs> sign might be off. So yeah, that's what yeah, it's something planetary. Yeah, it could be that. Oh, that's so silly. Did you how see? are you doing? By oh, the good. way, I just got back from uh, yeah. Winnipeg. How was Canada? Canada. It was awesome. Actually, the festival was super fun. Shout out to. Uh, Oddlock Comedy Festival is super fun. Awesome. Uh, I was super nervous about crossing the border. Yeah. Because I have uh, spotted past. <laughs> that sounds way cooler than it really is. I've yeah, just yeah. been arrested for weed a couple times. Uh, <laughs> but that's a thing that can stop you from getting in sure. Canada. Uh, so I was all like fucking prepared for like, and I walked up and they're like, so you want to, you're coming to Canada, eh? And I was like, yeah, they're like, have fun. Like there was no <laughs> questions. It was literally like I handed the passport to like, what's your name? You're coming for the comedy festival. All right. See, that to me, like, you've been arrested for weed a few times. Sure. You're going to Canada for a comedy festival. Sure. You think that would red some And you, raise, you raise look red flags. like you. Yeah, for sure. Like, you think I, they're going to be like, this well, guy's probably going to break the law. Pull him in. Yeah. Not one <laughs> nope. bit. I got more questions coming back into America than I did trying to get into Canada. Yeah. Uh, and also, they have the nicest homeless people. <laughs> there were a lot of homeless people. Like I, yeah. I they, like. Where were you again? You were in Winnipeg. I was in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, a lot of homeless people. Uh, but like a guy rolled up to me. I was outside one of the venues. And he was like, he said, "I swear to you." He said, "Pardon me." Oh, pardon me, but could you spare a cigarette? And I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not smoking because I'm doing a vape thing, so I don't even mm-hmm. have cigarettes. Yeah. And he was like, oh, so sorry, so oh. sorry. And I was like, oh, you better keep your ass in Winnipeg, son. <laughs> they will eat you alive at the Arch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that does, that attitude does not play well no. at the Arch. <laughs> you need to come strong if you're coming over here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's get it. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's get into it. Eleven and twelve, right? Eleven and twelve. I watched the right ones. Yeah, okay, we got a good. Christmas. And we got a post-Christmas. A, a very annoying Christmas episode. Yeah, this one fucking sucked. Okay, man. did you start? Did you? All right, I don't know. Are you're just watching the YouTube videos? Yeah. yeah. The I, this is it was such a minor thing. The music over the previously on. Did you notice how wildly dramatic it was? It sounded like like. Like it should have been for one of those like underworld vampire movies. <laughs> like it was I don't like, know if I if I saw the same one. Yeah, that you was, did. I just hear the twangy guitar. Oh, sure, that's like, what they normally are. But yeah, this one was, was like, dramatic. Weird, like dun, 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 like ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, we're just gonna watch these people babble for like. It's 45 just a bunch minutes. of like sensitive comedian people. It's not really that dramatic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, So it starts with Amanda Pete. Going to the doctor because she's uh, revealed last week that she's pregnant. Yes, and the dramatic she's, reveal. She's at the the guy the obstetrician or whatever. Um, I don't know what you lady doctors do. Uh, <laughs> there's, there, but, well, you know what I OBGYN. So like, I'm yeah, close. yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think if you're pregnant, that's the obstetrician. Yeah. But what I don't know, but I do know one thing is that you can't just bring your friend in. <laughs> it was so weird. And she even points, she goes to us like, man, it's really weird that you're here. And I was like, yeah, it is. She just brings Bradley Whitford, who is not the father or yeah. any, it, it, just they're not wants in a to relationship. Be supportive, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's not who you bring to be supportive. Yeah. Br- you 
bring, bring a relative. Yeah, whatever. you bring your mom. Bring yeah, yeah, yeah. you bring like your best female friend from childhood. Sure. You don't bring the guy you're just sort of becoming friendly with. Like yeah. they weren't they haven't even been close this it's whole time. It's not like they hang out one on one a lot. Yeah, it's only in like the last two episodes <laughs> that they've even spoken yeah. to each other outside of work. It's very strange. And then also like so he's there and it, I, again, like even if he was in just the waiting room, I'd be like, okay. Right. He goes into the room <laughs> with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then proceeds to give the doctor a bunch of personal information about her <laughs> so that weird. is like not medically relevant oh, and but like relevant. incredibly per- like yeah. just that like she's she hooked up with her ex and it's like the dad just all this yeah, shit yeah, yeah. Like, he like because the doctor makes like like oh you're the husband or whatever yeah. oh no boyfriend and he's like no just a friend and then he just like oh yeah she just hooked up with her ex he's a real piece of crap yeah he's the one that sold a bunch of personal information that i had to her to try to win her back and blah 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 yeah it's like, like it's all this exposition that like i guess is for our benefit as an audience to but wrap like, up who that guy is but, but yeah but that it's like uh, they can determine the sex and he's like oh if you don't see anything like that doesn't mean it's a girl the guy who, oh. got, who knocked her up is a fraction of a man like he has a, how dare you he is you very, random ugh. he is very uh, like quote unquote good guy yeah bordering on men's rights activists through most <laughs> of this episode at one point in the lobby he says like uh, she says something about the boyfriend and he's like I don't want to meet him and she's yeah. like, how do you know? And he's like, because if it was the kind of guy I'd want to meet, he'd be here right now. Yeah. And I was like, you're like a, tw- if, if you were, that's something a 20 year old who yeah. has no real game. So he's just talking shit about the guy you're actually with. Yeah. That's how he would handle the situation. And right. think he's coming across clever. And also like that, I don't know. Because <laughs> she talks shit about him too. Yeah, he's like, shitty. He's yeah, shitty. No question he's not shitty. But I just feel like if that, if someone was shitting on someone that i slept with that you're shitting on me in that that doesn't like make me feel better that you're like a piece of fucking garbage knocked you up like that's not like like that doesn't make me feel good like you're shitting all over all of my decisions in life so fuck you like That doesn't make me oh, feel man. good. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah, that's his like stance. The and and it also it's just also comes across shitty because you know that he's just interested in her, right? So like you're just you come across real catty, man. Like it's just it's and he proceeds to get a thousand times worse. Yeah. through the rest of this episode well, and the next. Stri- oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. But like also an an immediate early strike against him is also after this he is just casually telling everyone that she's pregnant. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I yeah he tells like uh. Matthew Perry and uh, somebody Sarah uh, oh, Paulson, and, uh, Sarah Paulson, uh, Timothy Buffield. Yeah. He tells like that whole cast out and of tells nowhere. Them, tells them a that she's pregnant. B who the father is. Like all this shit all that's like crazy not remotely his business. <laughs> so and weird. he knows that she's only told him and her assistant. And, and that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's so, fucking like, crazy. What the fuck? Like, and it's so casual. Like it's not even supposed to seem weird in this world. Of the show, that no he's one doing else that. is. No one that he tells goes. Whoa, maybe you should have not told us that. Like yeah. nobody reacts. Weirdly. And we're not supposed to like think badly of him as a character because yeah, of it. It's, it's so weird. insane. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was and, immediately like, "Fuck you, yeah. man." And I'm gonna proceed to get more "fuck you." Yeah. As these next two stories go on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Another thing he does um, in the or yeah. So in this episode. I've also been watching The West Wing, and sure. it's the exact same way that 
So I'm I'm at the point in the West Wing where uh, Bradley Whitford's character is with uh, Weeds. What's her name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think I can't. Nancy Botwin. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. she's with Mary Louise Parker. Is that there? Right? You go. Nailed yeah. It. Okay. So th- this the ro- there's a romance between Bradley Whitford and Mary Louise Parker, right. um, and it's introduced exactly the same way as this is, 100%. where it's he's going to her office for no reason, right. and then it's like, well, why did you come and not call? And then like the lovey dovey music starts. Yeah, like, it's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the same as in the West Wing. Yeah, for sure. It's like you can't think of you're like the best television writer of our time supposedly <laughs> right and you're just recycling this entire like conceit and it, that just annoyed me that that's yeah, like for sure it, and and he and there's like a lot of sort of parallels to west wing as well just in the like matthew perry and sarah paulson's relationship because that starts in this episode where yeah. she's going to see luke whoever the fuck yeah who's like a movie producer and he's like i want you to be in this movie uh, and then he's like, you're so much, like, he's only doing that to bang you or whatever. It just also feels like, uh, him, it feels like Rob Lowe and the prostitute in West Wing. Yeah. Where it's like, you're better, or Rob Lowe and, um, the deaf girl. And, yeah. Uh, Mary Matlin, not Rob Lowe, but, uh, Bradley Whitford and the Bradley deaf girl. Bradley Whitford and yeah. the deaf girl. And it's like, like, you're better than this politician. Only, yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. It has that same feel to it. Um, fucking, so then the other, so this, the show that's happening. Oh my God. It's Christmas time. And let's start with the fact that they have yet to hire any new writers yep. on this major television show. It's yep. still just two brand newbies, a weirdly depressed guy, and Matthew Perry. Yep. Um, <laughs> apparently, they don't do Christmas episodes of this show because it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, because it doesn't feel like Christmas, I guess, in yeah, Los Angeles. They do Christmas episodes of... All yeah, television presumably shows. Presumably, this they, show is a national show. Yeah, yeah, they're also all shot in Los Angeles. Like yeah, all television every is. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but they, but Matthew Perry is like, oh, I'm going to bring the Christmas spirit, and we're doing a Christmas episode. At which point, the whole cast pisses me off to no end. Everyone will also like. It's never explained to my satisfaction why he likes Christmas so yeah, much. He even makes a point of being like, I'm the Jewish guy, and even I'm the only one with the Christmas spirit or whatever. Which, by the way, no idea he was Jewish this whole time. Yeah. Had no clue. <laughs> I feel like that makes all of his criticism of the Christian right like kind a of... A little shitty. Yeah. Like, less yeah, yeah, compelling yeah, to yeah, me. For sure. Like, for sure. I get it. But but yeah, the, but that's also the thing, too, is like it's never really explained why he's so critical of of the Christian right and then loves this secular idea of Christmas, Christmas yeah. that a lot of people who are critical of the Christian right are also critical of. Yeah. Just the idea of like that it's a commercial holiday and it's like fueling capitalism and it's like yeah, not. Yeah. Pe- apparently that part of it is fucking A-okay, A-okay with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then the rest of the cast. Uh, and man, I feel like this Ugh, is... They make me so mad. Aaron Sorkin is totally the type of guy who like loves knowing shit about the quote historical yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. just to like sure. prove how wrong everyone is like and that's 100%. what the entire cast proceeds to do yeah I, yeah they're just and they're going on about shit that I don't even think is accurate or if it is who gives a fuck and no one at cares. one point Simon is like uh, it's not actually Donner and Blitzen it's Dunder and Blixton yeah and one is it i don't know if that's <laughs> yeah, i'm that 37 never heard that before <laughs> i've heard a lot of shit about fake christmas i've never heard that one before and even if it is who gives a fuck you're talking that's not like a historical thing yeah. there weren't real reindeers <laughs> who's we've been calling the wrong name this whole time it's fucking just some bullshit song for kids 
oh, it made me so. And they, but they're just him and Nate Cordry are like trying to one up each other on who knows more about fake Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be to impress that Lucy girl. Yeah, and that's the other thing that it's again. It's he has this idea Sorkin in everything where like everything is to impress women, and right. the only reason men do anything is to impress women for sure. And. I just hate that idea. Like, I think there's something to it, and it can be compelling, but, like, the way he does it is so gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so apparently they're they're trying to impress the comedy writer woman. Lucy, which the also, British like, girl. Can I, I'm going to be real shitty for a second. Yeah. I'm about to be shitty, too, so okay. go ahead. She's not... I don't... Like, look, she's not, like, that pretty... And she's not like that funny or charming. Yeah. She's just kind of there. Yeah. So I don't under, it doesn't have the same draw. Once it kind of gets to the point where like it's just sort of Nate Cordry uh, in the next episode, like he asks her out and they kind of have a, they have a good chemistry and it's cute. And it's I, I'm, cute. I was like, I'm into that. Yeah. It's fine. But at this point where they're like, no, she's mine. It's like, but really? Yeah. Like, that's, well, that's why I was going to be shitty is like, if you're on a national television <laughs> show yeah. as like the face of the show sure. you're not competing for comedy right for female <laughs> comedy writers like yeah, yeah. I, I i'm talking about my own here like <laughs> i'm sure. speaking from experience almost yeah, like yeah. The, that's not like you're not fighting over that for that's sure. not what you're fighting over it's, yeah it just feels so disingenuous it's just like we have a female character so we have to have the have men to fight have over the men fight over yeah it's just it feels so phony and it's like it's not gonna be sarah paulson because that's already she's tied Matthew up Perry. yeah that genie girl is just sort of she's like not even not in even it anymore, anymore. <laughs> she's she's the female equivalent of fat guy at yeah. least i know genie's name though fat guy is just fat still guy. fat guy uh and then when when i saw this was gonna be a christmas episode i was like all right countdown to fat guy as santa claus yep. in five four and that's his only role in the entire episode he has no other lines yep. except to be fat santa claus um there's uh, yeah. another story going on uh which we've kind of haven't brought up yet uh, which is uh Amanda Peet goes to see Stephen Weber, and, she, and Stephen Weber is like in the middle of a th- controversy where on the news they were doing a report from Afghanistan from the war. Uh, this private was being interviewed, and a, a RP, a rocket propelled grenade, explodes near them while they're being interviewed. And he, this is where I get so mad. He, uh, he's like, and he says a word, and she's like, yeah. well, what word is it? And he's like, a word that I wouldn't say, in fr- a word that I don't use with women. But the word's just fuck. Yeah, and I'm like, you don't use you don't use fuck with women. (laughs) What what happens when you're fucking women? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Do you never fuck women? You just only I only make love to women. It's a very we coitus. Sometimes we coitus. But he's really he's not a talker. Apparently, that really bothered me though because I was like, that's the most boring like gentleman stand I've ever heard. It's not like that guy just yelled cunt and dove out of the way of a grenade. It's so weird. It sort of is implied, like, before they get to... That's kind of... I was like, did he say cunt? Cunt? Yeah. (laughs) But it's clearly not. It's clearly the F word. it's fuck. He said fuck. He said fuck. And, and, yeah, like, that is so weird. Like, you don't... I like Stephen Weber so much on this show, and that almost ruined his character for me. And he says it, like, very seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she... Also, that she immediately knows what he means, which is confusing. (laughs) Like, that's not correct. That's not factual. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I love how this is just perfectly set up so that there's absolutely no way 
we as the audience would ever side against the network right like it's like it's a troop a troop did it (laughs) and it was when they were under fire and it was on live TV it's like this perfect straw man yeah yeah. you literally could like honestly though if they were just like it was the Grammys and Bono said fuck (laughs) I'd be like I'm still on your side right fuck the FCC we don't need this perfect situation but that's the only way he can write everything has to be like the up to the the zenith black and white so it's like oh the reason he was speeding wasn't because he just left Vegas and exactly. was having a good time. It's because he had to go see his brother or something. Yeah. Like, I, I still don't know what was like happening. Everything needs the most like, perfect right. documented answer exactly. for why it is the way it is. Uh, um, but yeah. so now, the, now they're being sued by the FCC. Uh, or not being sued, but being fined by the FCC. Yeah. And, and she's like, fuck that. Like, get a lawyer and... He like, wants. She wants, he to, wants fight to fight it. it. He's he, like, it might take down the network, but he doesn't want to cave either. And actually, he doesn't. That storyline throughout this episode, and then more so in the next, is the only one I care about at all in that next episode. I also like. I love. It's kind of corny, but like. Well, it's super corny. I love the turn though of it's like surprise, and there's a cool fuck, guy. Fuck yeah! It's <laughs> absolutely my favorite it's moment. So awesome. Uh, like so, ja- uh, so uh, Stephen Weber's all nervous about like. He doesn't want to cave to the FCC, but it's like it could take down the network. It could take he down even, like, this he... Macau deal. And he goes to Ed Asner, and he's like, you should fire me. Yeah, he's like, I think I have to resign, resign over yeah. this. He's like, like, he's, I... yeah, he's, he doesn't he's... want to fight it. He's like, I can't live with either of these outcomes. Right, like I can't fight it because it'll fuck up the network, but I can't be okay with it either. With, them, with us with paying. Us, it. With them paying or like putting the news on a delay, which is essentially censoring the news. And then Asner's like, I'm not paying $73 million. I'm not paying 73 cents. And if they come for my antenna, they better bring something better than a goddamn... And he, like, he just so goes good. off, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, He's like, man. I've been waiting for this it's, one my whole life. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so, it's so, like, perfectly West Wing corny moment. Yeah. It's almost that, like, I, that moment in West Wing where it's like, I serve at the pleasure of the president. Yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, the best moment in that it's show. It's like the band's getting back together, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. go. So that I love. And then that, <laughs> that actually, the rest of, sort of, like, the next episode is kind of the only storyline that I care about yeah um wait i before okay good yeah because there's uh this is also the episode where um amanda pete's comedy eating starts and i'm just like i (laughs) it's the same joke every 30 fucking seconds that she's pregnant so she's eating a lot which by the way is there a rule is it like a union sag thing <laughs> where like if someone's pregnant on a TV show they just have to eat weird and it's like that's funny like, food it's and... back to like it's like a, a fucking I Love Lucy bit yeah but it's exactly the same she's just like at one point she orders breakfast it might be in the next episode yeah whatever. it's at the beginning she, of the next episode and she's like I need eggs crispy bacon potatoes hash browns and toast and pancakes and then the guy's like oh crazy pregnant lady like yeah. it's just the... and then he brings her something else to eat right and the lady goes she got your he got your order wrong and she goes no no, this is what I eat while I'm waiting for the food. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we get it. Yeah. We get it. Also, I, I feel for her, though, because, like, I know um, a little from experience, but also just from, like, talking to people who've, like, been in shit. Uh, on-camera eating fucking sucks. sucks. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. terrible. Because you got 19 takes of you having to eat that goddamn yeah. food. Yeah, and it's, like, cold, and a lot of times it's, like, not good because right. they have to make it look good. So, like, I just feel for her because sure. that she's constantly... Yeah, yeah. She has food in her mouth for the next two, two episodes. episodes. Like, yeah, easily. <laughs> every... Uh, at one point, I get annoyed with her where she goes into... And it's it's not even her. It's just the hackiness of the writing yeah. that are so obvious where, like... Because she... I still love Amanda Peet. She's great. But she... Uh, 
she goes to Stephen Weber's office where he's having a meeting. I think it's this episode. It might be the next. Yeah, one. I think it's this one. Uh, and he's like, she's like, "Let me sit in on the on the meeting." And he's like, "No, like this is like corporate. This is serious." And she's like, "Look, I won't say a word." And I was like, "Count down to her saying a bunch of words." Yeah. To which she immediately fucking opens her mouth. Like first thing she does is eat. She literally yeah. she says she's like apricot Danish. Uh, and then, like, they're like, okay, we're gonna get back to work here, crazy lady. And then immediately she's like, this is nonsense. It's just like flying off the handle. And it's like, can you shut the fuck up and be an adult? Like, I know you yeah. don't like this, but it's time to be professional. Like, right now. you're, how did you get to the position you're in at? We find out also she's under 35. So she's, yeah. I'm assuming, like 33 or something. Yeah, yeah. How do you get to that level at 33 and not know how to shut your fucking, fucking mouth in a meeting yeah, yeah. that you're not a part of? For sure. That you're just butting your way into. Uh, the other, super melodramatic shit in this episode is that uh, the trumpet player from the band is sick and there's somebody oh my sitting God. in who's supposed to be great and then I'm pretty I didn't even realize who it was until they say it but uh, Kevin Eubanks yeah is, a Kevin Eubanks cameo <laughs> yes star power on Studio 60 <laughs> Kevin Eubanks is here uh, he's like sitting watching the rehearsal watching this guy play the trumpet and like oh wow he's really good and he says something about like oh the, tr- our, the trombonist is also a film told the trombonist he's filming for told me that I should watch this guy and through whatever magic like mystery solving ability of Bradley yeah. Whitford uh, it turns out oh, oh and here's how it happens because he talks to the trumpeter and he's like oh that was great I think you got a job at the you know, Kevin Eubanks is watching. I think you got a job at the night show if you want it. And he's like, oh, I'm just doing, like, a, I'm filling in for a buddy. By the way, the worst actor. Yeah, terrible. On the play. Clearly, like, a real trumpet player. Trumpet player because like... he cannot act yeah. at all. And uh, it turns out that he's from New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing this is post Katrina. Uh, yeah, I think it's a few months after. Uh, this was 05? Something like that. 06? Yeah, I don't. Must I don't have know. been, yeah. Anyway. Uh, he. So so uh, it turns out that, like, all these musicians from New Orleans are, like, sleeping on musicians' couches because they don't have homes anymore. And they're all, like, all the, like, studio musicians and all these shows and stuff are, like, calling in sick to get these guys a paycheck so they can all fill in with them. Uh, and to do, and at one point, Bradley, he's like, oh, we should definitely, like, pay the uh, – Matt Perry's like, oh, we should pay the guys who were calling in as well. Uh, and he's, Bradley Whitford's like, I got a better idea. He's like, do you have any sketches you can cut? And, ugh. <laughs> the sketches he can cut. He's like, we can cut ho ho. Who gives a shit or something? It's not <laughs> it's even that, but like, it's, it's really terrible. It's like immaculate, immaculate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all. Really <laughs> yeah, it's like I guess a sketch about how the Virgin Mary isn't a virgin because there was a bunch of that horse shit talk yeah, going who, on the whole time. Who cares? And also, of course, and yeah, like, yeah, who yeah, gives yeah, a shit? yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's that. I like the only note I have written about this whole storyline is like, thank God there were some Katrina victims around so Matt Perry can make a meaningful show. <laughs> like, that's like, thank God yeah, that, yeah. that we can have a real Christmas show because these Katrina guys around. So they cut, they cut some sketches and they have them play like a big brass number, which is also like not good. Like, no, it's not great. It's, there's like a, it's there's like a, there's like a montage, like a video thing behind them of like still shots of. New Orleans, but yeah. like from the past, yeah. Uh, and then like they're doing like, but it's like a weird uh, song. Like well, I just, it, was... it's like it's it's um, uh, Silent like, Night, yeah. But like a jazzy, but sad like a boring, yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. It's not great. Uh, and then like that is the end. Like the whole song, they do the whole song, yeah. And meanwhile, like they well, cut there's a lot stuff of shots of um, like her and Sarah Paulson, him and yeah, Sarah Paulson, because he because he kisses Sarah Paulson. 
uh, backstage oh. during the show. And God damn it, just like a woman, she loses all ability to be a person. Like, yeah. He, like, she's about to go do the news or whatever. And she and gets all flustered. pulls her aside and she gets all flustered. She's like, hi, I'm here and uh, she, this he is was, Matt. No, yeah. it's not Matt. You know your fucking name. You're reading off a goddamn cue card. Yeah. You're a professional. You got kissed. You're 33 years old. <laughs> Get a fucking hold of yourself. I just was thinking through this episode, like, she must be so tired of being sexually harassed by people who she works with because so she gets because the the whole thing is like she is cast in a movie by this guy uh who also by the way i looked up the rolling stones person because i didn't know who was anita pallenberg who was 21 (laughs) it's like "Mm, it's hot and this is like they're casting 21 and it's for a fucking movie so they're gonna cast a fucking 12 year old they're not (laughs) casting sarah paulson as a 21 year old model for sure sure. but but anyway so and and then and and Matthew Perry's like, he's only casting you because he wants to get with you again. And she's like, no. And then she goes up to him and he's like, yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of why. Well, yeah, like, she, I mean, she's, uh, he's like, he, sa- she, he says, like, she's like, you want to date me? He says, you want to date me? And he's like, I do. She's like, oh, but that's the only reason you're casting me? He's like, no. No, you're also I, talented. But I still want to bang. Right. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. that. And then he gets she gets kissed by Matthew Perry. And it's just like, can't she just do some fucking work? Like, (laughs) settle the fuck down, dudes. Like, for sure. She's an actress. Like, she wants to, I, you know, maybe I'm putting too much intention because you're a hundred percent right. But like, what the fuck? Like, don't shit where you eat, guys. Like, seriously. Uh, And also, there's a bunch of moments in this episode that we've completely, like, kind of blown over here, but, uh, There's like a million weird plots that come up Matthew, in these, but it's more Bradley Whitford awfulness. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There they, is. like so Matthew Perry keeps like going like like not saying it out loud like but going like oh you like her but like being like subtle yeah. about it or whatever and like he's he there's a moment like you said when he go like Bradley Whitford goes across it walks to the office as opposed to just calling or whatever and he's at one point Matthew Perry says like what when's uh have, when's the last time you talked to I still I don't and uh, Jordan, Jordan, thank you. When was the last time you talked to her? Said, oh, I haven't talked to her in a couple of days. So really, when's the last time you saw her? Was like whatever. You saw, oh, I drove past her house a few times. Uh, yeah, but it's on my way to work. And he's like, no, it's not. Like it's, uh, from Tijuana or whatever. Terrible joke is. Yeah. Hey, how about you stop driving past her house? You fucking creep. He's such a he's fucking a stalker. creep stalker. And like that's really about to like take off big in this next episode. Yeah. But he's a like, goddamn stalking creep. Uh. To which, at the end of the episode, he says to her, like, he, like, takes her aside, and it's like, this is the moment. And he's like, he says something, like, I think I'm falling in love with you, or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, he says, like, uh, I know I've got a, D- I got ex-coke addict, three marriages, whatever, uh, but I, I think I'm falling in love with you. So he's like, so you can run, but you better get a hell of a head start, because I'm coming for you. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. You fucking psychopath. Like, Gross. Yeah, are you going to wear a hockey mask when you do that? Yeah. Like, you sound like a fucking slasher. Yeah, that's really creepy. It's super creepy. Also, she has food in her mouth when she he's doing that. She has two giant chipmunk <laughs> cheeks amount of food in her mouth. That is not an exaggeration. To the point where, like, he drops that line and starts to walk away and, like, turns over his shoulder and he's like, better finish chewing that sandwich. Like, I love that because, like, I, that whole, yeah, that whole speech is like, um... HR, yeah, <laughs> get yeah. HR for sure. But like, I you know he's like, 
nailed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. nailed yeah, yeah. it. I if he could have, if like Matthew Perry was there, he would have high fived him yeah. and he walked past. Like, yeah. yeah, put on shades. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. so gross yeah, and it's super gross. And then yeah, because then he kind of does. He comes back while that brass number is playing, and he's like, you know, you told me to say it. I said yeah, it. I said it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like wow, you you said too Ooh, much, man, because you're a much. creep. You are the thirstiest creep I've ever met. <laughs> we'll get to that next episode. Yeah. Uh, actually, one more thing about this episode, and we can go to the next episode. Okay. There, uh, just another example of just terrible joke writing for yeah. the actual show. Uh, there's a quick moment where they're practicing uh, news update jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't remember what hers is. It's kind of long and wordy. But then Simon's joke is something about, like, researchers have done oh a study that show men think about sex all day long. Uh, in related news, another study is to do show that water's wet. That is the hackiest fucking joke. Like, that's a That's like an it's idiom. A, it's a that's meme. not even a yeah, joke. Yeah, it's a meme. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's just something that people... It's the... And, but that's... SNL level it's writing. It does a bear shit in the woods. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it made me so mad. Uh, yeah, both. Of, I remember thinking both of those jokes were bad, but that one in particular, it's like yeah, they were both bad. It's but about, that one it's just about like, something hacky, like men thinking about sex all the time, hacky, yeah, yeah, and then the water is wet, yeah, yeah. extra double super <laughs> yeah, hacky, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. ugh, ugh. Uh, <laughs> well, prepared to make that noise a bunch because episode twelve. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Uh, that this opening is really monologue. Where we or not see- monologue. That opening montage is so uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Bradley Whitford is like, there. everyone's going away He really vacation. dials up the creepiness. Ooh, it's like that scene in Swingers where like he leaves all those answering machine messages. Yeah. Uh, but that at least is played in a way where it's like, this guy's fucking up. He's being super You're supposed weird, to be embarrassed like, for John him. Favreau in that. I don't think you're you not, are here. No. Yeah, yeah. Favreau for sure. But I don't think you're supposed to be... You're supposed to be like, this guy's really going for it. I agree. It. I think you're supposed... I think that's... Like, I think this is how Sorkin thinks you should do it. Yeah. Like... For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he calls her and like... She's like, oh, I'm going away with my parents. Uh, I'm going to my parents' house and then I'm going to like the Virgin Islands or some fucking yeah. place. Uh, and then, like, it's a couple days later, and he calls again, and he's like, oh, you're not back? No, oh, okay, uh, when you get back, maybe I take you for a, like, what is he, like, the, the phrasing is passable, where he's like, I'd like to take you to whatever for a steak and your choice of super salad. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. that's fine, that's, uh, that's fine. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. And then he calls again, and she's like, it's literally, she, she's like, did you change your number? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I thought you'd be fucking screening me by now. Uh, and she's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, hang up, yeah. hang the fuck up. It's fu- this is if that's true, then yeah. fucking hang up. Yeah, this is stupid. And this, there's like, it's like five of these, and then eventually to the point where she doesn't answer, and he just leaves like a creepy fucking voicemail. Yeah, and uh, she's like looking at a picture of them, and he's looking at the picture of them, which is how I guess we're supposed to know where. Whereas she's probably like. Here's evidence I can turn into the police. This is about me. Like, yeah, he, oh she, she should be. He should be looking at like a magazine cover of her that he's put his face. Yeah, like he's copy yeah. and pasted her face over. Like, yeah, he should be sending her a Christmas card that's signed in like cut out letters from a magazine. Yeah, he's full on stalker. It's yeah, and it's like she's the. It, yeah, he calls her on New Year's. He calls her when she's like at a spa. And that's just the beginning of this episode, and he just gets worse. Yeah, he does. At one point, like she takes him aside and she's like, "Look, this needs to stop. You're being wild." Because oh fuck, we I, we skipped over. The, that's the wor- end. The worst the, move. Yeah. That's the end. Uh, 
he decides the way he's going to win. Like, so Matthew Perry comes to him and says, like, hey, can you write my nephew a recommendation letter for whatever college it is that you went to? Because they went to yeah. the same college. Or he went to the college the nephew wants to go to. And he's like, oh, is he, does he, is he good? And he's like, oh, he's top of his class. He does rows. He does whatever. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll get my intern to write a He's like, so you'll write the letter. And he's like, yeah, I'll get my intern to write it, and then I'll sign it or whatever. And he's like, that's what I should do. Recommendation letters. So he gets like all these fa- famous and semi-famous friends of his to I also write her point a recommendation out- letter. To write Jordan recommendations to date him. To yeah. say, like, he's a great guy. You should date him, but in like letter form. He, I also, in that sort of where he's like, that's what I should write recommendation letters. I don't know if this is a Bradley Whitford choice to try to like comment on the fact that this is fucking creepy and terrible, but he's, he's not saying he sounds deranged. Like he's like, he's, he's angry. He's like, he's, it's not like his energy's weird. Yeah. It's a weird energy. Like, cause that he has a lot of scenes like that. Like, Bradley Whitford as an actor like in West Wing had a lot of scenes like that where it's like it's sort of supposed to be funny and he's like kind of going crazy but in like a funny way this doesn't feel like that no it feels this is like it's like it's he's got like angry eyebrows (laughs) like he's like (laughs) recommendation letters like it's not the same it's super weird uh at which point he gets like the list is like it's like Lauren Bacall, the second Earl of Dorchester, yeah, 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 Uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, some, Matthew Perry, some <laughs> like British, some yeah, yeah, the Earl Red of whatever. Grave or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Uh, so she eventually comes to him at the end, and she's like, "Look, this that was fucking crazy." Like she obviously doesn't say that, but she's like, "You embarrassed? You, you know me. how embarrassing it is? Like you, all those people now know about this. Like you. At first, I thought he just made a bunch of fake, like as a like yeah. goofy, like wrote like wrote a bunch of recommendation letters as those people, right." But no, he actually went to those people and got them to write recommendation letters, at which point she's like, all these people now know about this. Yeah. She's like, I, like, you've got to stop. This is unprofessional. You asked me out once. I said no. You asked me out again. I said no. You asked me out a third time. I said no. Yeah. Now, will you stop? And, and fucking Bradley Whitford's like, nope. And yeah. just like like and we're but it's again played in this way we're where supposed we're to respect supposed him for like, it. Oh, perseverance. No, you're a stalker. This is fucking creepy. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. It is weird. It's, it's so- weird that no one from the time of this being thought of as a plot device yeah, yeah, yeah. to it being on the air. It's weird that no one in there was like. Maybe this isn't the most flattering. If we're supposed to like this character, this is not the way to go. This is definitely not the way to go. Yeah. It's not even like a good There's the there is a like classic Hollywood trope of the grand romantic gesture. Right. And it's like in romantic comedies this sort of perseverance is a thing. Right. It's However, usually not done well, but it can be done well. And it's also it's never that the other person is like, no, I don't like you. Yeah. We're not doing this. Yeah. There's always the idea of like, she's clearly somewhat into it, but she's scared. It's written cheesy and that's happy, yeah. Yeah. but it, that is at least the motivation. There's for at you least to not like clear okay. non consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it feels okay to, for her. It's like, she's like, oh, I like him, but I'm scared. And then he you're wins like, her oh, over. my dad won't it. let me. Or yeah, whatever. or whatever. Yeah. Some, some horseshit. Or yeah. like, oh, but you're just an artist and I'm scared to have that level of like, oh, yeah. instability in my life. Whatever <laughs> yeah, the whatever fucking it is. horseshit it is. But 
at least the obstacle isn't the person not liking you. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. So that so when you do it like this, you're just a villain. It's so weird. It's really strange, Uh, and it's clear. Like it's clearly, it's been considered because what Amanda Pete says is absolutely correct. So like some point in the writing process, it's like how would she feel about this? She would be. Angry and embarrassed. Yeah, and embarrassed. And it's like, nope, well, we're still supposed to like uh, good <laughs> yeah, old Bradley yeah, yeah, Whitford yeah. for some reason. Because I feel like Aaron Sorkin just did a fat line of coke and was like, no, no, that's what you do. You just wear them down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably his strategy. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so that's kind of the background going I on. I do feel like almost everything I see by him makes me feel bad for his girlfriends. Oh, like, yeah, for oof, sure. boy. Oh, for sure. So yeah, that's going on the whole episode. Uh, um, there's also the killer militant black fruit of the loom. <gasps> Sketch holy, being written. holy shit! So, oh boy! So uh, Simon Neil Hughley goes comes to Darius, the new black guy, the new writer, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, I got this idea for about the. He's like a new fruit of loom fruit. He's an African fruit. Why can't he just be a <laughs> strawberry? But he's black. <laughs> No one's going to be able to tell your weird, obscure African I fruit. feel like strawberry, but he's black, is way less like racist than African fruit. <laughs> right? Uh, so his press, the pitch for the sketch is that like, he's a new fruit for the Fruit of the Loom, and he's like really militant, and he's angry that he's a fruit on underwear. And he goes to dare, which, which that's not how you sell. Like that, none of that makes any sense. I mean, but, maybe like maybe if the angle is like you're mad because of cotton or something, something, like that would be something. But then why is he African? Yeah, because they if you're still in Africa, you're not a slave. That's true. So you should be American. <laughs> why are you mad at they being on underwear? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he goes to Darius and he's like, also Tell- isn't black militancy also like mostly an American? Yeah, thing? Africans like, don't not- like Africans. Africans don't like black Americans. There's not like, like black. Power because everyone's black. It's so anyway, weird. Whatever. Uh, so he tells Darius, like, pitch this, tell Matt, I want you to write this with me. Uh, and then he, Darius ends up giving the sketch to Lucy, the British girl. And Simon's like, what, the, what happened? I thought you were going to write this with me. Uh, and he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I just thought you wanted it in the room. And he's like, that's bullshit. You gave it to her because you don't want to be the black guy on the staff or whatever. And I, Darius, I don't even know what he says. He says something like, eh, I guess, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, maybe not. I don't know. But then, and then... And then Neil Hughley literally is like, it's what I get for saving your ass. And Darius is like, what now? Like, yeah. excuse me? And he's like, you heard me. He doubles down on it. He's like, you heard me. I said. He repeats the line. Uh... To which Darius rightfully is like, oh, thank you, Master Simon. So good to us field niggas or whatever. Uh, I, I will like, have to... S- one, it's uncomfortable because I know Aaron Sorkin just wrote that whole scene himself. Yeah, there was not yeah, yeah, a single yeah. black person involved yeah. in the writing of that scene <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, if I'm Darius in that situation, it's exactly how I respond to Simon yeah. in that situation. Because fuck you, it's a terrible sketch. Maybe yeah. I don't want to write your shitty Fruit of the Loom sketch. <laughs> I do think that's like... That it's very... Sorkin-y. I feel like there's a lot of um, in films and television and granted maybe I've just never seen it because I'm white but like the, the doing the like Sambo voice at a, a black dude who you think is like that's like <laughs> yeah, such yeah, a yeah, thing yeah, yeah. in media that for like sure. that's how that's how like a black person will tell another black person that they're like a, yeah, you're being, being a uppity or whatever, or whatever like yeah, condescending sure. and uncle tom like oh yeah, yes yeah, yeah. massa like it, it's it's i feel like that's such a trope and it's like so for weird sure. I, for sure. I don't and think yeah, it doesn't people ha- actually doesn't fucking that, do that doesn't happen that much in real life 
Uh, I mean, it's like it I does guess it's if a you're good... like it happens to like if you're like a hacky black open micer. Yeah, you'll do that, but that's <laughs> that's about it. I mean, it's not like it. It makes its point. It has a place. I can see people saying it in life, but it's just such yeah, a trope yeah, 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 in. Yeah. Again, like white penned yeah. movies and television that people uh, do that. In comparison to the terrible Fruit of the Loom sketch, I will say that Dolphin Girl kind of made me laugh. But hundred percent being honest, there's this uh, Sarah Paulson and Nate Cordry pitch a sketch where uh, Sarah Paulson just happens to laugh like it turns out Sarah Paulson can make a really good dolphin noise. Yeah, so she happens to laugh like a dolphin when yeah. she gets uncomfortable. That's and a it's like decent that comedy little, of manners that, thing. For, yeah, and yeah. for like fucking SNL five minute little sketch and the le- their little interaction where they kind of pitch it out where like Matthew Perry is like, oh, thanks for coming over. It was nice to meet you. So and so introduced you. Blah blah blah. And then she has like two lines and it hits the dolphin noise. You're like, all right, write it up. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, write it up. It's pretty good. It's a thousand <laughs> times better than this Fruit of the Loom horseshit. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, how, did you, how did you feel about Husky Gymnast? <laughs> so fat, uh, fat guy, I, I refuse to learn his name at this point, uh, is pitching a sketch where he's like, I'm Husky Gymnast. The whole sketch <laughs> is me getting chalked up and trying to get on the equipment. So it's Husky Gymnast on a balance beam, Husky Gymnast on the bars, and then like the the kids in the hall is like, uh, oh, Husky Gymnast does the routine with the ribbon. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, one, I don't think I would like that sketch, but it absolutely would be a reoccurring character on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it For would. Sure. It totally would. I, like, that is... For what I like, that thing of Saturday Night Live having to have like a fat guy who's comfortable in his body yeah. for physical comedy that's been since Belushi. Yeah. Farley would have done that sketch. Horatio Sands would have done that I gotta sketch. say, like, there is something to the, and this guy doesn't have it. He does. But not. like, because there, there is a type of uh, overweight comedian who is incredibly graceful. Sure. And 100%. like Belushi, Jack Black, like Black, Farley, Black, Farley. All, yeah, like, Sands, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just like, that. and it's, and it is funny and cool to watch someone sure. be that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, could make it work. This guy doesn't have that at all. He doesn't have any he's, of it. He's, he's not charming. He's yeah. not funny. He's not graceful. <laughs> no. He fell down and for a, like, there's a, in the previous episode, he's like, comes down the chimney of Santa Claus. Yeah, and he and eats he, shit. He falls and like, everyone laughs, but as I'm watching it, I'm like, was he supposed to, it felt like an accident. It yeah. didn't feel like that was a gag. It he felt doesn't like have he the fell, I was like, oh shit, is he okay? Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I guess he's supposed to be the stand-in for that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know his name, so who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um, Amanda Peet is sort of butting heads with this other female writer who looks familiar, but I can't, not writer, but female executive. Yeah, uh, she I looks can't familiar, place but her. I can't place her. Yeah. Right? I, and like, the more I see her, the more I think I know her from something that yeah. I don't know what. But she, uh, she's the head of alternative programming, which is reality TV, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and Amanda Pete's like that. Amanda Pete calls it illiterate fun. programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While eating a sandwich. While, while eating, eating a sandwich. Or, yeah, while eating some amount of food. She's real shitty and condescending about the thing. And also because it stinks. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but she's then, a fucking bitch. She's like, a she's bitch. an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of was like on, briefly on team alternative Blonde programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, she, so they get in a fight where like she 
she realizes that Amanda Peet has no respect for her. Yeah, because she so basically she, says, I have no respect yeah. for you. At one point, she's like, Are you, I'm the head of alternative programming. What did you expect me to bring you? And she's like, I don't know, but I didn't think it was going to be good. Like, yeah. She just like, says some horrible and she, shit. And they, like, their first meeting, they just make bitch face at each other the whole time. Right. And it's like, okay, so, any, so she gets in trouble because alternative programming lady is pitching directly to Steven Weber. Right. And... Uh, it's like comes out in and this Amanda phone Pete's conversation. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And Amanda Pete's like, you sh- what you should have said was, I I have a lot of great ideas. I'm excited to pitch them to, to Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. It's supposed to be and she goes, well, next time, why don't you write me a script? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I like it. I, that's like, that's a good comeback. Sure. Because you're all mad because she doesn't like unscripted shit. Yeah, like, yeah, that's like yeah, a yeah. Clev- like, I was like. Good burn, yeah. lady. She but said, then she goes she on goes to say, harsh. now there's two pretty girls at the dance, and one of them isn't pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and I was like, oh, I'm back off your team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I have that line written down, and then, oh, shit, and a thousand exclamation points. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's throwing some real shade. Uh, Super shady. She comes to her with this horrible... First off, she says this in the beginning, in the first meeting. She's like, I know you don't think you like uh, uh, reality TV, but that's just because you've only seen the bad stuff. Ed Sullivan was reality television. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a late night talk show. Or yeah, a six that is a talk separate show. genre. I don't know what time it came on, but it's not reality television. That's yeah. like saying that Tonight Show is reality television. It's <laughs> yeah. not. Like, <laughs> that's just stupid. Um, but then she comes back to, piss, to pitch him, uh, to pitch her... Uh, it's called All You Need Is Love and she's like Insp- you, when you mentioned the Beatles it inspired me Ugh. and it's about um, people making amends and the first one she pitches she pitches three things mm. she pitches um, two sisters who broke who, who uh, haven't talked because of a divorce she pitches a husband a, a, a man who has like, abandoned his family and she pitches a priest who is making amends to his victim so that's clearly child molestation yeah but she one of these things is she, not like the other. One of these things is wildly not like the other. And secondly, <laughs> she leads with the priest one. Yeah. That's a closer. You, yeah. you start with the fucking sisters, you work your way to kid fucking. Like, you <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, you don't yeah. lead in with that. That's a good uh, point. That's yeah, that's a bad pitch, lady. Yeah, yeah. Get better. Uh and to which she's like, I don't yeah, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Stephen Weber, on the other hand, is like, yeah, we're making an event, it's gonna be huge. And she's right, like he's right. People will watch the shit out of that show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Some heartstring pulling shit like that. It would be a huge hit. To which at which to which point, like, she eventually kinda like we're missing one really shitty storyline here. Uh, Matthew Perry seems to be obsessed with this book called The Forty Eight Laws of Power, Oh my god. Which I actually looked up and is a real book. Um My favorite line about it, uh it's big in the hip hop community. community. What uh-huh. is the hip hop community? Uh, yeah, I don't. I think what does just, that mean? I think it means like he's who. I think Aaron Sorkin still thinks of like the native tongue, like eighty eight. He still thinks that's what hip hop is. <laughs> um, but this yeah, like li- the the five percenters. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the yeah, 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 yeah. But literally, this book, like I, I looked it up and. Uh, which is unfortunate because it's like this is the, the brief synopsis. 48 Laws of Power is the first book by American author Robert Greene. The book's a bestseller, selling 1.2 million copies in the United States, and is popular with prison inmates and celebrities. Huh? I assuming is what he thinks the hip hop community is. <laughs> Pretty Just exactly. Prison inmates and celebrities. A mix of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be uh, fair, and like. It, and the thing he wrote after it is The Art of Seduction. So I think this ah. is basically like a thinly veiled pickup artist book it's how to manipulate yeah it's how to manipulate yeah uh the reason this is at all important is because at one point 
the new head of uh, alternative television says to Amanda Peet, like, um, you you cultivate an air of uh, not unstableness, but unpredictability, and yeah. you keep people in a permanent state of fear, of fear. or something. Yeah. Uh, which turns out to be one of the laws in the book. Yeah. So she has this record. Oh, she's manipulating me. But it's only after she has gone to her and apologized. And yeah. Then, like the sales loves your idea. She's like riding. She's like running on a on a treadmill or whatever. Yeah. And it, and she is kind of shitty at that point too because she yeah. says like she's running like the girls in like a like a tank top like a midriff tank top so like mm. stomachs out or whatever and she's running on the treadmill and she's like I run with weights and Amanda Pete's like maybe try a heavier shirt which is like a funny burn but what the fuck don't speak to your like subordinates that yeah, way you're yeah, a fucking for boss sure. like, how dare um, you but it turns yeah. out that she's been like just using this book on her and that pisses yeah. Amanda Pete off but then doesn't go anywhere like that she has that recollection she has that rec- like she realizes not a recollection but she comes to that understanding and then she just kind of and ah, it's over. And it's yeah. over. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's a it's, I but at the same time, I really like a parts of this episode well, I like better the than last the previous one storyline, which is which is the one we like, which, yeah, which is, is the FCC Weber. one, yeah, yeah. and um, and I like to think so they they basically are like uh, Ed Asner finds out like he can't stand up like he doesn't he's gonna lose if he tries to stand up to the fcc yeah then steven weber has the idea it's like because they're gonna lose the macau deal essentially yeah. is that and it's like also i just want to say i love the guy who's the head of the the board because he's like the head of the shitty head of the board and everything yeah 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 that yeah, actor, yeah yeah, yeah for he's sure. like he's just yeah like we're if just I'm immediately not, you see his face and you're like i don't i'm not supposed to like him if i'm not <laughs> mistaken he is the bad guy head of the network in the hulk hogan vis- uh movie no holds barred yes yeah yeah i'm pretty sure he's, that he's guy like as great well. shitty, shitty head of a like network. corporate yeah. bad guy yeah for yeah. sure although in that movie he orders a lot of rapes so he's a b- <laughs> different different level a of different. a villain but uh, <laughs> But so so basically, like they're gonna lo- you're gonna lose the Macau deal if you try to stand up because the board of directors will vote you down or whatever. There's a really good line in this that it's it's gross and sexist, but also made me laugh a lot, which is when they're talking about uh, like whether this is whether they should be fined or not, and he says this discussion is for an ethics class at a women's college. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like why a women's guy? Like that's just shitty. It's yeah, so yeah, sh- yeah, it's yeah. so shitty, but like it's such a funny detail. Like, for sure, because it it paints the picture of like this guy's an asshole, right? And that's such a funny thing for an asshole, asshole to say. say. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I just thought that was really funny. For sure. <laughs> um, so ba- so so it's like we Stephen Weber comes up with the idea of like if we get the Macau guy to say that he'll dump us if. If we kowtow to the FCC, essentially, yeah, then the board can't vote us out because they need the money, yeah. Uh, and it turns out that that the head of the Macau deal, who we had met in the previous Perump episode, yep. <laughs> uh, is happens to be in town because his daughter is playing at the Philharmonic or whatever yeah. with her Juilliard. She plays class. viola. She plays viola. So they go and they have this like he runs there and he tells there's a very goofy montage of him trying to learn Chinese, Chinese while the book. symphony is going yeah, on. Yeah, it's really stupid. Just like no, you're the fucking CEO of some shit. <laughs> have a you bring man. a translator. Yeah, you don't bring simple. a book. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's a hundred percent right. But then like so he has this conversation with him and the guy's kind of going for it a little bit. He like explains what happened with the soldier and the guy's like oh, i was a soldier yeah this happened like in the midst of battle or whatever uh 
And then the daughter comes out, and the daughter, and they start fighting, and it's like the the father and the daughter start fighting, and it's because the daughter has decided to leave Juilliard <laughs> to pursue improvisational comedy. That's what she calls it the entire time. She calls time. it improvisational comedy multiple times. Not even improv. It's a little. He gave a fuck about learning anything about this world. Is that he didn't even realize that little detail, uh, which, by the way, has to be the worst nightmare. Of any oh my god! Uh, could possibly yeah. imagine that's and we we don't know yet how it's going to be fixed. But he because she's like, can you set me up with Tom Jeter, who's from Nate, Nate, Nate Cordry, uh, dinner so he can give me advice, yeah, yeah, on how to do it. And like, I'm assuming he's going to talk her out of it because yeah. if you talk to any comedian, they will tell you hey, not to do comedy. <laughs> not only will they tell you, they might tell you to do comedy, but what they'll tell you to do is graduate from fucking Juilliard first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a pretty good credit. <laughs> I'm going to be milking at midnight till I fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Keep that fucking Juilliard trained credit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's a performing arts school. Yes. Like, finish that. She's not going for a fucking MBA somewhere. She's like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I'm going to go do this. Just stay at fucking Juilliard. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So he's like, "I'm going to solve your pro- your daughter problem and right. get you back with your daughter." Because he's like, "I'm losing my daughter. I can't believe this." Blah blah. blah. So he's like, "I'm going to solve your problem. You're going to solve my problem. We're going to figure this out." Yeah, yeah. So, so that's going to be like apparently next week, I guess, or uh, I guess the next couple the episodes. There's also a little bit more going on with Matthew Perry and Sarah Paulson, where Sarah Paulson has she's she's doing something for like uh she's doing some dinner she's getting an award or something yeah. from some catholic organization that preaches abstinence yeah yeah uh because she, it can't just be oh, a fucking and yeah, and can't have some sort of message it can't it, it can't not have a message she can't just be accepting an award right. from her alma mater or any number of reasons but it has to be some because it doesn't even factor in it's just an excuse for him to then like so it's so again she has the an aunt, fighting she has, for an inanimate fucking woman, woman again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. She's so has no agency at all in this world. She uh, so she has so she's auctioning off the right to be her date to this thing. Yeah, and that money is going to go to this charity. Uh, he finds out or at least believes that this Luke guy, uh, the movie producer, is, is bidding, bidding on, on her. her. So he starts bidding, like trying to outbid him by a dollar on all these bids. And it goes up to like $4,000. Yeah. And then he also has to find an organization to give money to to counteract it. So he's like, well, what will counteract an abstinence thing? I should give money to an organization that promotes sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he ends up giving to some like polyamory. Yeah, group. just a nothing. Yeah, yeah. Give it to Planned Parenthood, man. Do yeah. like, like not polyamory. Yeah. yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, uh, it makes no sense. Really but it also just off. yeah, and just like it's a bidding war over, over it's again a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and there's no no in no way is that commented on as ironic or no. like shitty. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Also in that storyline, there's two um two jokes in here that I feel like are the height of Aaron Sorkin's comedy prowess mm-hmm. and they're that isn't a word. <laughs> and he's standing right behind me, isn't he? Yeah. Those are his Those are his two best jokes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At one point he like 
shit. The uh, the 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 PA that's been produ- like promoted to his assistant yeah. that we like uh, is like, oh hey, Sarah Paulson's coming to see you, and she's like, oh hey, keep her waiting a second because I don't want her to think I'm so available. And she she's, oh she's right behind yeah. him. Like that's the whole gag. That's like I came in through one of the other six doors to your office. Why does your office have six doors, man? Like, <laughs> that's unnecessary. Yeah, if you want to limit your accessibility, don't. Sit in the middle. Lock some of those doors. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's that, and and somebody says romanticness yeah, earlier yeah, in the episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's again, it happens because I've been watching West Wing. That's in that's in every epi- episode of the West Wing, mm. and as soon as someone said romanticness, I was like, there's going to be a quote unquote joke of someone pointing out that that's not a word, right. and it's other shoe drops immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like those are his two. Uh, and I wrote down in the, here in the chamber that Matthew Perry and Sarah Paulson have really good chemistry. And I don't give a fuck about this storyline. No, like not at I, all. I like them together. They're they're good. There's a moment here where she says to him, like, "You pulled me aside and kissed me, and then it's been like nothing ever happened." It's like, pick a gear and stay in it for a while. And like her delivery, and it's like really solid. But yeah. then as soon as she walks away, I'm like, oh, I, I don't care about this at all. I like, yeah. don't care if they end up together. There's no driving. There's no it, like moonlighting when they're doing will they won't they it works i yeah. get, i want them to get together x files i know it's like a different kind of show but there was always a little bit of that tension. yeah yeah it works it does not work here at all yeah i think there's too much going on or something because it, it's, it's too much they can't they can't devote enough to them to get me emotionally invested and what yeah. they do but also what they do to vote stinks it's this yeah. shit of them like bidding on her and it's yeah all, it's always like her value in the eyes of another guy. It's never why she, he likes her that much. Right. It's, it's either, he's jealous he's and he's jealous. possessive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah, and I feel like that's how all the relationships in Sorkin's shit is, is it's all just ownership and yeah, possession. Yeah. And like even in, and in West Wing, it's done a lot better, I think, because there's more time for it to develop. For but sure. like, that's very much like the Josh Donna thing is like, it's very like, percent. But it like it makes more sense and it feels more believable and less like just shitty. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. about it just feels like dirty and like you're you're you're. This is because you're like not well developed people. Right. Like you're not yeah. good people and that's why you're being possessive. It's not because you love each other so much. Right. It's because you like are a child yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah, give yeah. up your toy. Else, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's ugh. anyway. Uh, I don't know if I still like the show. Yeah. Like I'm still, I'm like, We've I'm still had a couple it. week episodes. I, yeah, yeah. It, it, I need another big something. Something needs to happen here to get me back in because I'm, I'm losing it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think this, these two and the last two have been the weakest. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a bad four episodes in a row. That there are was like great. one, mm. I think episode. Uh, what did we watch today? Eleven and twelve. 11 and 12. Episode ten, I thought was okay, mm-hmm. where they were getting sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was fine. all right, but like, it needs another good one, or yeah, I'm gonna be good, bored. Yeah, I need another good one, and I need if you're gonna do these stories that go over three or four episodes, they gotta be better than this. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, you're gonna lose me in two episodes. Yeah. Uh, that being said, anything you need to plug? Um, this is coming out tomorrow. This is coming out tomorrow. I'm at the Velveeta Room, September 11th and 12th. Nice. And it's gonna be fun. Austin, Texas, check that out. Uh, I will be in Oklahoma City September 30th at the Will Rogers Theater. So check that out. That's going to be fun. Cameron Buckle was on that show as cool. well as some other people whose names escape me right now because I don't <laughs> fly in front of me. Um, where else am I? I'm in Dallas September 20th hosting the NBC Diversity Showcase. So come out to that. Uh, and if you're in Austin, 
Uh, I'm doing a charity show September 18th for jokes for kids. Something like that. It's about giving. So we talked about this last time. A UT. It's a UT. UT yeah, yeah. Ball done. Ball done. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun. So come out to that and uh, watch the next two episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye.